0: advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers all three. One, two, three. Touchdown. Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Defending the Kingdom. Happy Thanksgiving uh, to everyone. Mitch Holters with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with Chiefs reporter Matt McMullen and Mr. Matt Statt himself. Okay, this episode, by the way, is brought to you by 360 Vodka, the official vodka of the Chiefs' kingdom, and Kansas City's hometown vodka. Yeah, perfect for the holidays. Uh, So 360 Vodka, thanks to them. This episode will be called The State of the Kingdom. During the bye week, which just happens to be during this Thanksgiving weekend, it's a chance for the Chiefs' Kingdom bus or train just to stop for a second, pull off on a roadside park and go, what do we have here? Uh, we'll talk about this 2021 Chiefs team and this remarkable rise over the past four weeks. Then we'll kind of take a look ahead, not just to this season, but really from a Google Earth view of the Chiefs' Kingdom and where, why it's so exciting on the road ahead but matt before we do uh again greetings around the world because we know week by week by week we hear from you around the world that you enjoy defending the kingdom
1: yep and a lot of good ones this time so are you comfortable (laughs) this is going to take a while go for it okay okay so we'll we'll start on the global perspective we have miles in ontario uh, canada he emailed me actually he's been a fan since the 1970s growing up in canada so pretty cool miles uh repping dtk up in ontario we have chester in guam uh, Stuart in Zimbabwe via Jackson County. So we have, what, West Africa? Southeast yeah. Africa yeah. covered now. Um, Gary in Florencia, Colombia. Uh, a fan in Yokohama, Japan. And then Susan in Costa Rica. Then lots of fans just around the country. So Matt in West Virginia. Ken in Baltimore, Maryland. Troy in Shinglehouse, Pennsylvania. Larry in Bakerton, Pennsylvania. So Brett Beach will like this. Lots of uh, Pennsylvania fans. Uh, Ryan in Ormond Beach, Florida, Ryan in Northwest Kansas, Charles in Creighton, Missouri, uh, a fan in Mississippi, a fan in Arizona, a fan in St. George, Utah, and the <laughs> happiest man on the planet, Jeremy in Carrollton, Texas, in the Woo! DFW area, who was saying in on our last episode how it's a difficult time of year being in a Cowboys country, uh, being a Chiefs fan. I bet he uh, is pretty happy this week.
0: The only thing that would dissipate his enthusiasm is the cost of fuel because he is just driving around the Metroplex with his Chiefs flags yep. flying and just like at a stoplight, like, how are we doing. Yeah, he doesn't care doing? though. Yeah, no. He'll fill up over and over again. And if he looks it's just the it's the look we had or we saw when the elevators opened, we were doing Chiefs rewind down at the locker room club, and the look on the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs' face, Clark Hunt, when that it was Priceless. Yeah. Like, it was just such a proud guy uh, that his team uh, won back the Preston Road <laughs> Trophy. It was – that was just – that was something uh, to uh, relish on that day. Well, we were
1: shooting rewind, and I saw – um, the Hunt family and the Jones family. I'm like, hey, Mitch, look over at this. Yeah. And we talked about it in previous episodes. Like, that, that's a big deal. And this is a very big deal, Chiefs and Cowboys. And uh, it's not a division rivalry. It's not even uh, an AFC rivalry. But it's a big deal when it comes to the Hunts and the Jones playing one another. Uh, and that was a big one for, uh, for Clark. I'm glad he got it.
0: Clark's proud of all of his kids. Uh, you know, we know uh, Gracie, Miss Kansas USA, uh, Noble's on the SMU soccer team, Ava's doing great things. But wow, that look he had on his face was one of pride, baby, in the Chiefs' kingdom beating uh, the Dallas Cowboys 19-9. to But the state of the kingdom, and again, I just love hearing from all of you uh, from around the globe and how the Chiefs' kingdom is growing. We're going to get into that in the second half of this show. Uh, but the state of the kingdom as it is right now, the 7-4 and four Kansas City Chiefs get a bye week, a well-deserved bye week. This has not been an easy 11 weeks. These have been a lot of high leverage games. These last three games, all of them have felt like a playoff game.
1: Yeah, well, and they kind of have been, because when you start a season three and four and you have Super Bowl aspirations, you kind of need to start winning games in consecutive order, and this bye week's coming at the perfect time. And we saw uh, when we did our schedule release show way back in April uh, or May or whatever it was, we saw the bye in late November, and we're like, that's perfect. Hopefully we're hitting our stride at that point, and you can rest up, and then we have all these divisional games uh, after the bye week. Well, season didn't start the way we expected But you start three and four, all of a sudden you rattle off four straight. It was no loss November. Chiefs did not lose in November. They're really hitting their stride right now, heating up on both sides of the ball, particularly defensively right now. Uh, And now you can rest up, you get a break, uh, and now attack all these divisional games, four divisional games in our final six. And we'll talk about that later on. But a huge opportunity here and a great chance to rest up right now and get ready for the home
0: stretch. And – no loss November for the Chiefs' kingdom, but almost everybody else in the AFC losing in November. Uh, and we'll see what happens this weekend Is the Chiefs will just back up and watch everybody kind of duke it out. That's always one of the fun things of bye week is like, you know, we're going to take a breath. You guys just fight this out and then see what happens to start December.
1: Especially off a win, too. Like oh, a yes.
0: loss into a bye week is the worst. But the winning worst. four straight games into a bye, it's pretty nice. Absolutely. And, of course, we're getting used to this winning after a bye and winning going into a buy, it's becoming a little bit of a habit here okay let's talk defense first because this chief's defense has completely rewritten the narrative in a month and what they've been able to do when you look at uh, and your and your point was a great one uh that you put out on social the fact that they're limiting teams to less than 17 points a game like nobody else in the league is doing that yeah and i'm not sure they're getting enough attention there Plus, people want to say, "Well, there was Jordan Love, and it wasn't Aaron Rodgers against the Packers, or no Tyron Smith, or no Amari Cooper." And then, oh gosh, Ceedee Lamb got hurt in the in the uh, Dallas game, and then, gosh, the Raiders have gone through so much. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I always tell people when they say that, go back and look at the Friday and Saturday articles and check those out, and go. This you weren't saying that then. The other thing was the uh, is the run defense, which is now overall an average yards given up are. Uh, uh, Total yards given up on the ground. The Chiefs are now in the middle of the National Football League. And this has been done in a, in a month where they have faced, in the last three games, these six running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. They have faced Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. They have faced Aaron Jones, and they faced A.J. Dillon. And they've stopped them all. Yeah. Like, I've just not heard that discussion much uh, around the National Football League.
1: None of those guys had a big game against the Chiefs. None of them. And most of those guys are dynamic players who can catch the ball out of the backfield, too. And nobody had a big game against the Chiefs. Uh, Over our last four games, we're allowing 11.8 points per game. Second best rate in the NFL. Just Uh, nuts. It's crazy. And I don't care who you're playing or who they're missing. That's hard in the NFL consistently to do that. The defense has been a huge reason why this team has won four games in a row. They've been fantastic. And... We have to look at this and not think about what the early part of the season looked like, because, yeah, there were struggles there, but there was growth as well. We saw it in the second half of some games, the Tennessee game, for example. They did not play well in the first half, but shut out the Titans in the second half. And we always talk about we've got to find ways to build on that. You don't necessarily want to hear that in the moment, but the guys built on it and it shows the resiliency of this team like the defense could have packed it in early this season, like, hey, things aren't going well the way we expected. Uh, maybe we're not very good. But they didn't listen to any of that. They said, hey, we know that we can be good. We've done this before. We know we're good football players. We know we believe in the scheme. And look what's happening right now. And sure, yeah, Amari Cooper didn't play for the Cowboys. But that Cowboys offense is the number one scoring offense in the NFL. And I'm pretty sure Amari Cooper isn't the only reason they're the number one scoring offense in the NFL. If your entire offense unravels, if one guy comes out, you're not very good. So I know this Cowboys offense is good without Amari Cooper. They, uh, on six of their 12 possessions, they were held without a first down. For some context, uh, they only had 13 three and outs coming into that game. Now they have 19. I mean, the Chiefs' defense was fantastic. Doesn't matter who wasn't playing. You have to look at who was playing, and the Chiefs dominated all four of these games defensively. Uh, Their pass rush is heating up, 38% pressure rate on Dak Prescott. Last week, we've seen the pass rush heating up over the last several weeks. Guys like Chris Jones. Oh, my God, what can you say about Chris Jones? Frank Clark's been playing some of the best football of his career lately. Uh, Mike Dana, Jaron Reed, different guys getting after the passer. The linebackers are playing well in the secondary. We can have an entire DTK podcast on how good the secondary has been recently because Trevarius Ward and Legereus Sneed are making plays. This whole defense is cooking at the perfect time right now. And like I said, you enter the bye now feeling really good defensively and now you start playing these divisional games, teams that you know, and this defense is getting very excited, I think.
0: Yeah, and you look at Chris Jones' line. I'm not going to pass this up. Chris Jones' line against the Dallas Cowboys for a defensive lineman. I I said on Twitter, it was like a triple-double for Steph Curry. Then somebody goes, really, like a quadruple-double? I was like, yeah, it's a quad-double. But when you look at five tackles, three-and-a-half sacks, maybe really four uh, in reality, you look at eight pressures – three quarterback hits, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery, you, you'll go 20 years and not see that in a line for a defensive lineman. I'm just not going to let it pass. It's, it's something you may not see in a generation. This is It was the late Derek Thomas. It was Buck Buchanan. You see Aaron Donald do it. But Chris Jones did something that is very, very rare. In a pass defense that
1: led to the interception that LeJarius Sneed had that sealed the game. I mean, he dominated the game in every single way throughout that matchup it was awesome and the Cowboys you could tell early on that the Cowboys were forced to earn every single yard that they got like the Cowboys offense even when they moved the ball it didn't look easy like the Chiefs defense was making it hard on them throughout like nothing was seamless nothing was on time it was constantly like maybe Dak would make a great throw on the run or something and they get a first down out of it but it didn't look like it was something they could do over and over again because it looked hard and that's the kind of defense you want this defense to be playing here in Kansas City And, yes, the offense was a little bit off at times. I think negative plays are more uh, the cause behind that. I think they were still moving the ball pretty effectively when they were on schedule. But the offense doesn't need to score 30 points if the defense is playing like that. And the offense knows that. They're not going to be pressing. And it's just a beautiful thing. And to
0: be playing their best football right now at this time of year, that's what you want. Love that, Coach Reed. It's a beautiful thing. So was the fact, and I talked with Coach Reed about this, with Chris Jones beat the left guard twice, once with a bull rush, once with a swim move. He beats the left right tackle Collins. He beats him with a uh, rip move. Then he beats Zach Martin with a bull rush. I mean, he beat the left guard twice, the right guard, the right tackle. Like who else is up here? Let's t- we'll put me over the center. I'll play nose tackle and go after Biedish. Uh But the point is here, it was a phenomenal performance. Now, before I get to the offense on our episode here of the uh, state of the kingdom, is I'm going to get into special teams because it is so easily taken for granted we are fast approaching what the kansas city chiefs did on special teams from 2013 to 2018 and hear us out here byron pringle now is third in the national football league in kickoff returns two very powerful returns in the game uh, in the victory of the dallas cowboys it weren't touchdowns but they were powerful returns and changed the complexion grid of the field You look at a partially blocked punt by Pringle in this four-game span. You look at what Tommy Townsend has done. Still not enough points to get into the statistics to qualify. But when you get four punts at the 15 or inside against Green Bay and net – and net, 56.5 yards a punt and get four inside the 15, you'll go 20 years and maybe not see that again. You look at a muff punt recovery. You look at a 450-plus yard field goal made by Butker. That ties a Kansas City Chiefs sing- se- single-season record, and we're in 11 games. We've got six to go in the regular season. You just keep going down on all four phases of the specialty. Kickoff coverage right now, the Chiefs are number one in the NFL. Punt coverage, they're number two. So what we're seeing now is what we saw for years with the Chiefs with Dave Tobe dominating and winning games with special teams. I keep waiting to see him walking
1: around with sunglasses on inside or something like I'm feeling really cool, you know. <laughs> How about that uh, the Harrison Butker
0: punt last week against Dallas? The pooch punt. The pooch punt. Yeah. It's the, again, the, I mean that's those are powerful plays. Yeah. That change games. Yeah. And when you get all three light bulbs lit And this special teams unit now for the past four weeks, that is easily overlooked. And it's all four phases. It's not just kickoff returns. You might say, hey, well, punt returns are lagging behind a bit. Okay, we might give you that. But everything else, come on. And then offensively, people go, gosh, it's just not the same old Chiefs. Well, wait a minute. When you look at it from a statistical standpoint, there's a lot here that meets the eye or or is being glossed over here. Because offensively, there's some spectacular numbers here to look at in this bye week There are, and I have two quick thoughts here because I have one more tag on
1: special teams I just thought of. And this is an obvious football point, but special teams, offense, and defense are supposed to all work together cohesively, right? And we don't always like see that all the time across the NFL because it's hard. Well, right now, all three are working together. So if the offense needs to punt, they're not pressing. They're not concerned about that. They're like, all right, we're going to flip the field And the defense, which is playing as well as it is right now, they're going to get a stop and get us the ball back. We have that confidence. And that confidence was apparent uh, throughout the Dallas game, and it's been clear really throughout uh, this winning streak. Also, if the defense is playing like this, if special teams can pin the opposing offense deep in their own territory consistently, I mean, how difficult is it for them to move the ball? I mean, if they're uh, like Dallas, for example, struggling to even get past midfield and they're starting inside their own 20 inside their own 15 over and over and over again it's just very difficult we haven't been giving teams short fields really at all during this winning streak and that's been a a huge reason behind that now offensively I mentioned the negative plays some things that happened against Dallas aren't going to happen moving forward I don't think things like a holding call and then an unsportsmanlike conduct call are right afterward. like those things are just kind of in a vacuum they just happen you know you learn from it you move on those were the things that killed drives for the Chiefs uh, against the Cowboys. Like They were moving the ball for the most part when they were on schedule. It was all of a sudden, if they were in second and 30, it's very difficult for a drive to continue. So I think we saw some good things, actually, offensively from the Chiefs uh, in that game. Uh, the 16-point explosion early on was awesome to see, scoring on each of their first three drives. Hopefully we see more of that moving forward. But as long as they can clean up the negative plays, they can still move the football. And we've seen all season long, just some weird, funky things have happened this season at times that have gotten in the way of the offense finding success. But if you have eyeballs, you can see that this offense can move the football.
0: And we can't overlook the 22 giveaways. I mean, you can't gloss over that. That's that's a gob after 11 weeks. That's two a game. Yeah. I mean, that usually will not equate to a 7-4 and four record. I think the 0-7 New England Patriots are maybe the anomaly there. But um, for the Chiefs, again, if you just correct that by half – uh, you'll see a way, uh, lot more production there offensively. But let's just get into some of these other numbers here. I'm going to bring these up. Let's just take them one by one. We'll get to Patrick in a second. But Tyreek Hill, when you look, okay, second right now in receiving uh, receptions, uh, but he's fifth in yards, but he's first in third-down receptions, and he's also first in third-down receptions for first downs. It's still a high-volume season for Tyree Hill. It's just not he's not getting them in 75-yard bursts. But he's doing everything else, and you can argue, and I was talking with Coach Reed about this too earlier, you can argue right now who's better. Who's better? Is that Cooper Cup, uh, Jefferson maybe in Minnesota, or maybe not? Right now, Tyreek Hill just might be the best receiver in the National Football League.
1: I think he is, and I think we've seen him change and adapt his game to be what this offense needs him to be. And all of a sudden, if defenses are going to take away the deep ball, if they're going to put all their eggs in that basket where they're playing two deep safeties and you're not going to beat us over the top, all of a sudden Tyreek is like, okay, I'm going to find a different way to beat you then. I'm going to run these quick slants, these quick outs. I'm going to find ways to get open for my quarterback. And he's done that all year long and proven to be just as dangerous doing that because, I mean, that guy, when he has the ball in his hands, is the most electric player in all of football. And you can see here how many catches he's had this season. I think he's at like 84 grabs, right? I think 87 is his career high. We have six games to go, so he's going to shatter his career marks in terms of receptions. He's less than 100 yards away from 1,000 yards already on the season, Uh, and I think he's, like, third in the NFL in receiving touchdowns. He's been awesome this season, and because we haven't had – a ton of, like, 50-yard touchdowns. I think some people nationally don't look at the Chiefs' offense as being as explosive. But Travis Kelsey quietly having a very strong year as well, Uh, and Tyreek doing what he's been doing this year. And then the complementary pieces as well, guys like Byron Pringle getting a big catch last week. Those guys kind of getting more comfortable and kind of getting into their own here. And McColl had a nice catch uh, last week as well. So this offense can move the ball, and I think it says a lot about them that they've adapted their style of play To these opposing defenses and still found ways to move it and we keep saying this over and over again but when the chiefs are able to move the ball down the field slowly with these underneath throws and running the football and things like that eventually the defense has to abandon that strategy because they are losing and running out of time and then the big shots will come so i think we'll
0: see that as the season continues and kelsey are you kidding me we've talked about his last five years being unprecedented in the national football league people not even close honestly but now this year, you're going, well, how's he doing? Is he, he has 11 more receptions at the next closest tight end. There is no like Darren Waller or Gronk who's with him like week by week or a Zach Ertz that's happened in this five-year span. One or the other, or somebody's like popping up in there. Uh, he's got 125 uh, more yards than Mark Andrews, who's having a good year. But he's like blowing everybody away in tight ends. There's right now another tight end on the planet. He's looking at another year where he's going to challenge his previous records. Yeah. It's so crazy. What's broken here?
1: Nothing. I mean, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it, what it is is expectations and a stand, the standard that the Chiefs have set here. But it's we said this in field pass before the game. Not every season is going to be a 14-2 and two season. But that doesn't mean that it can't be a great season. And, yeah, the Chiefs got off to a slow start, like I mentioned earlier. And maybe there aren't the big highlight reel plays. or we're not beating teams by 21. But if you can just put some wins together, if you can feel like you get your mojo back, like we've seen over the last few weeks, It doesn't matter how you started. What matters is how you finish. And the Chiefs right now are eyeing a pretty exciting finish here. In passing,
0: Patrick Mahomes, gosh, he's having a down year. Is he? He's got, I mean, he's got 25 touchdown passes. Only Tom Brady has more by two, I think. And the interception, okay, was it on him the other day. Really, that's 11. He says it was on him. Is behind him. But (laughs) come on, Kels. I think Kels would say I should have had that one. But the point is, is he really off here? Now, completion percentage is down. He's 20th in the league. But if you look at volume in passing yards, completions, touchdowns, touchdown interception ratio, he's right there. Yeah. He's still right there. Yeah, he leads the league in passing yards right now. Yeah. He leads the he's- NFL
1: in completions. I mean he can he's he's fine. <laughs> the turnovers are not, like, egregious. Like, you're not thinking, like, wow, what was he thinking there? Yeah, it's it's things that are just going to happen when you're playing a football game. And
0: he's had a few of those, but not in this four-game winning streak.
1: No, no. Yeah. I mean, it, it's – and for the most part this season, like, it's been balls that have, have bounced off guys' hands. And, again, that's going to happen sometimes. And the reason he's such a great leader is he takes responsibility for it. He doesn't point any fingers or blame anyone. He just wears it. But he knows – if I keep firing, we're going to be okay. And that's the most important thing, I think, throughout the, the early struggles this year, is that the team didn't lose their confidence or their, their belief in one another. That's what you worry about when teams struggle, and that you see that most of the time in team sports. When teams struggle, all of a sudden, fingers get pointed, and they struggle more, and the season falls apart, right? Well, that did not happen with the Chiefs. They believed in one another, they fought for one another, and they knew if they just kept together, they would figure it out, and they have.
0: Enter Andy Reid. That's the tag on that thought because he's done it time and time again, and he's done it five times in the nine years he's been here as head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. One other note here uh, before we get our interview with Clark, and that is: okay, look at the running backs. Then, well, I was—if you put Clyde Edwards-Helaire and made him one person with Daryl Williams. They would be fifth right now in the National Football League in running the ball. Like, what's wrong? The fact that the Chiefs tag team it, and now you've got Clyde back makes this team even more dangerous in running the ball in these next six weeks.
1: That's one of those stats that you hear and you're just like, oh, didn't realize that, you know? Because if all you do is listen to uh, like national narratives that, for whatever reason. Uh, don't really want to believe in the Chiefs anymore, uh, you're not going to hear those kinds of things. But once again, the beauty of this team is they find a way, and they found a way. they kept together uh, through a rough stretch to open the year, and, uh, and they've found their groove. I mean, going 4-0 in the month of November, and now to attack uh, this post-buy uh, slate with four divisional games and their final six matchups. While being in first place in the AFC West already, heading into the bye, worst case, no matter what the Chargers do, uh, they will not be any better than the Chiefs. If the, Char- the Chargers win, they'll be 7-4, and four, matching the Chiefs, uh, and we still play them in just a few weeks. So uh, just a very exciting time right now to be a Chiefs fan.
0: And again, it goes back to what I said. This week, with the bye week, you watch everybody slug it out. Like, let me know when the smoke clears what we got. So the Chiefs are the last, basically, to get their bye week uh, in the division, um, and you know, talk about Jonathan Taylor, great job, man, he's just killing it. But the Chiefs just don't do it that way. But if you put the sum of the parts together, you're going, oh gosh, they're right there in the top five. Okay, that being said, you did have a chance. We we're talking about Chairman and CEO Clark Hunt. You had a chance to get him as he was pulling off the exit and taking a uh, exhale, if you will, with the bye week and. He's excited, as we are, about this team.
1: Yeah, this is our State of the uh, Kingdom episode, right? So who better to talk about the State of the Kingdom with than our Chairman and CEO, uh, Clark Hunt. I unfortunately caught up with him before the Cowboys game. That's when we had the availability. Otherwise, I would have asked him all about the Cowboys game. But uh, we got him after the Raiders victory. Still very excited uh, about that one, obviously. And got his thoughts on the State of the Kingdom and what this team can accomplish moving forward this year. All right, we are joined now by the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt. And Clark, this is our State of the Franchise episode, so he's the perfect guy to talk to about mm-hmm. this. Just your thoughts on the state of the franchise
2: right now heading into the bye week. Well, it's been great to see the the team rally uh, here over the last uh, several weeks. Uh, we obviously got off to, to a slow start, uh, the offense uh, w- was in a little bit of a funk, and Uh, It's great to to, to see the offense playing better, but uh, probably as important is the improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Um, The first five weeks were were really challenging, and it's great to see the defense getting better every week. Yeah, well, I want to ask you about the resiliency this team has shown
1: as a whole. We're getting used to a lot of winning here in Kansas City with Coach Reed and Patrick Mahomes. But not every season is going to be 14-2. and two. You start undefeated. You know, it's an easy season all year long. Mm-hmm. You're going to have battles uh, in the NFL. What's impressed you about the resiliency of this team uh, over the course of the season so far?
2: Well, you're exactly right. Uh, every NFL season is different. Uh, every team in the league is capable of winning uh, any given week. Uh, you, you can't uh, take your opponents uh, for for granted. And, uh, you know, the narrative of each season is very, very different. And I think uh, one of the hallmarks uh, of the team this year is their resiliency. Uh, it would have been easy for the team to get down uh, when they weren't playing as as well as they have been uh, in recent weeks. Uh, but they've found a way to keep working, stay focused. Um, they, they know it's a long season, um, you know. Week to week, uh, if, if you have a loss, it can be very disappointing, but it's still a long season, and our goals are still in front of us.
1: Yeah, it's a testament to the leadership on this team, I think. Leaders like guys like Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, uh, and Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick's the guy I want to ask you about here because he's kind of a microcosm of that resiliency because we all know what Patrick can do, right? Former league MVP, Super Bowl MVP. It seems like every single record uh, through a player's first however many games he has that record so far. He's had a bit of an up-and-down year so far, and by his standards, I mean, by most player standards, he's still been tremendous. Uh, but by his standards, it's been a bit of a roller coaster at times. What's impressed you about his resiliency, though, to fight through maybe a game or two that he'd like to have back to have a game like he had against the Raiders, for example?
2: Yeah, uh, well, as you allude to, he's he certainly had an up-and-down season by his standards, and uh, it's a testament to his work ethic and I think also his mentality uh, to see him playing better. Uh, I've got to give some credit, too, to Coach Reed and the offensive staff uh, and he's been around the game of football a very long time. Uh, he's helped uh, quarterbacks he's had in the past you know, work, work through difficult periods. And I think that was really key in, in keeping Patrick focused and uh, uh, a- allowing him to make the improvement that, that we've seen. So, you know, compliment to all the leaders on the football team because that that's what you've got to have with uh, both on the coaching side and also – Uh, the players themselves um, you know they've really helped keep the team together and and help make the improvement that we've seen yeah well that improvement has got us right in the middle of the divisional race the
1: AFC is wide open the AFC West is certainly wide open trying to secure a sixth consecutive division title it'll be the first time that that's ever happened in the AFC West and the Chiefs have a great shot at doing that here over the last several weeks against all these divisional opponents Uh, last question for you just looking at the latter half of the season now what do you believe we can achieve this year?
2: Well you mentioned the AFC West and uh, you know when we were struggling early on uh, one of the amazing things was, how close we were to still being in first place uh we were in we were in last place uh for for quite a few weeks uh, but we weren't that far out of first place and uh, i think that's the the way uh the division's going to go the rest of the year uh, we have a lot of division games uh over the last uh, six or so weeks of the season and uh, those are incredibly important uh, the nfl schedules uh uh Every team to play against their division opponents late in the year, and I think it's one one of the most attractive things about the the scheduling overall. And we're going to have that opportunity. So I think uh, you know winning the division is very much in in reach. Uh, we'll we'll have to play well and get better each week. Uh, and then uh, once we're in the playoffs, uh, I think we we've seen what this team can do, and and certainly the goal is to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, well I think we have as good a shot uh,
1: as anybody, uh, Clark. I think I speak for all of Cheese Kingdom here when we appreciate everything that you've done for this franchise to make it what it is today and something that we're all very proud of. So uh, thank you for that, and thanks for your time here today. Absolutely. Great to be on with you. All right, awesome stuff there from Clark Hunt. Uh, I meant what I said there. I mean, as a lifelong Chiefs fan, and you can see other ownership groups around the league and see how other teams operate, uh, it just makes me feel very fortunate that we have the ownership and the leadership that we do because the success that we've been having uh, over the last 10 years here in Kansas City is a direct result of his desire to win, his desire to bring the city a winner. Uh, And we just see it each and every year. And that resolve that we've talked about throughout this episode, it starts with him.
0: Amen and amen. It's Thanksgiving weekend, and we give thanks uh, for the Hunt family in being the leadership uh, family and uh, owners of this franchise. Okay, I know you want Travis Kelsey helping you um, during the holidays and even beyond do your laundry. You have that chance. What a pivot. I kid you not. I just kid you not. Here we go. Chiefs' kingdom is turning to cold water washing with Tide, okay? And we're calling on you to do the same. You'll save money on energy bills. It's tough enough to tackle NFL stains. So if you can handle a little nacho cheese or whatever you get on your arrowhead red, uh, best of all, Tide is giving fans the ultimate reason to turn to cold, a talking Chiefs cold washer. This washer talks to you, okay? But it's not only talking to you, it's a... Reminds you to turn a cold at every turn with the voice of Travis Kelsey. It's Kels talking to you. The voice of Travis Kelsey. Ready for this? Take it from me. Cold can tackle all your stains. Amazing. Every single time. It's great. The Chiefs Cold Water Wash could be yours and Kelsey doing your laundry. Uh, just take the ble- pledge, just take the pledge to turn to cold and enter for a chance to win at tide.com. Okay, uh, we're going to take, since this is the state of the kingdom, we're going to take the next couple of minutes to kind of look ahead here at the, uh, at the near future. But then I want to take a little bit of a Google Earth view because there's a couple of initiatives that are very exciting. That's going to include all of you, including all of you that are watching us, listening to us around the globe. Um, but let's talk about the next six weeks. It'll, of course, start with that Broncos game. But this, is the NFL schedule, they've done this now. They love to backload these division games, not just the AFC West, but almost all of the other divisions are backloaded to make December a big deal
1: and it'll be a big deal
0: here in Chiefs deal. kingdom big deal
1: because we fought back to this point right so we're 7 and 4 mm-hmm. we currently have uh, as of this shooting we have a one game lead in the AFC West the chargers have played one less game than we have uh, so if they win, they will be 7-4 and four as well. Uh, and that just makes for an awesome ending to the season here because the Chiefs uh, will play the Broncos at home out of the bye, then the Raiders here uh, at home, then go on the road on Thursday night football and play the Chargers in what could be the game of the season. Um, then two quick games against the AFC North and the Steelers and the Bengals, then wrap up the season on January 9th, which is so strange to say, a regular season game on January 9th uh, in Denver. So all these divisional games – a lot of good news, though, here for the Chiefs if you're looking at historical context about how this month could go for the Chiefs. So we all know that Coach Reed is the best in the business after a bye. I mean, we've talked about this stat since he got here, and all he does is keep adding to this stat, so it's worth mentioning. He is 19-3 and following a bye in his career, includes a 6-2 and mark with the Chiefs. So uh, while we're all relaxing and hanging out over Thanksgiving, I'm pretty sure he will be watching film getting ready for the Broncos. He's going to
0: cook turkey, though. He's going to tell me he's, he's going to cook turkey this year. In
1: his office, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He's going to do a little bit of home. <laughs> second year, he's going to do it. He said last year wasn't too good. But we're going to give it another shot. I, so.
1: I believe he can do it. Yeah. Um,
0: He'll take Thanksgiving off. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least Hard. the afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so
1: the afternoon. So the Chiefs in December under Coach Reed, since 2013, are 27-9. and 27-9. and nine, That's the most uh, victories in the month of December in the NFL. This is when every team is supposed to be hitting their stride, playing their best football, and the Chiefs consistently – even when he first got here, are playing their best football in December. And against the division since 2013, the Chiefs are 16-3 and in the month of December uh, against the AFC West. So, you know, we haven't done it yet. We've done these things in the past. We've got to do it this year. But if you're looking at historical context, it makes you feel very good. Winning four straight games going into the bye, and then getting ready for the stretch here. Once again, yeah, that's what the Chiefs did in the past. They haven't done that yet this season. But if they can do it, all of a
0: sudden the story of the season is going to be a pretty exciting one. And I love it. I shouldn't say this because it's you're going to be behind enemy lines during the bye week because you'll be in Bronco country. I will uh, visiting your in laws. So scouting the Broncos. Oh yeah, Matt Stat. I'm telling you, Matt the <laughs> spy. Um, We'll clo- we'll close I'll, be, out I'll be mad at the spy yeah just don't get caught <laughs> yeah it's not good for spies to get caught i bring
1: my flag everywhere in, in denver just
0: eat the, take the pill yeah. uh, so here we go <laughs> uh we're going to close this thing out uh again wishing you all a great uh thanksgiving weekend but there are a couple of initiatives that i want to bring up as we do take a thirty thousand foot view of the chief's kingdom in a global view and the first one we're wearing our salute if you're if you're listening and not watching we're wearing our salute to service gear uh for one more week but there are some cool things planned in the military realm worldwide and we got to get props here rob Alberino, our vice president uh we've got him back he was here before he was with the 49ers and then we got him back here but this he has such an expertise in this area these order. We've been dealing with focus groups. We've said this before, but some of the most impactful military insta- installations in the world, in the world, are within two hours of where we're doing this podcast. That being said, there is a reach across the world to our allies and to our uh, service women and men who are around the world. But there's something really cool that's about ready to come down in that realm. And I love the fact that the Chiefs are taking the lead.
1: Yeah, there's some cool stuff in the works. And it's important because we think about how important the Chiefs are to us, how important football is. And think about Thanksgiving. We're going to sit down uh, with our families and watch football, right, and uh, be thinking about uh, how excited we are to watch the Chiefs in just a few weeks. But if it wasn't for those that protect our freedoms and put their lives in the line and make the ultimate sacrifice for people that they've never met – we wouldn't get a chance to do that, and it's important to always remember uh, those that, once again, we'll never meet most of them, but they go and put their lives on hold. They leave their families for six months to a year at a time, and they put their life on the line, and many of them lose their lives, making sure that we can live a peaceful and harmonious life without conflict and war and and terror. And it's just something that's very important to all of us. And uh, if we could wear the salute to service stuff uh, every week, we would. I would. I
0: definitely would, and I know you would too. Off at Air Force Base in Omaha. Whiteman Air Force Base, B-2 bomber and more uh, in Knob Nostra, Missouri. McConnell Air Force Base in Wichita. The Big Red One, the Big Red One, the 1st Infantry Division in Fort Riley at Fort Riley, Kansas. Command General Staff College, the West Point of West Point, is at Fort Leavenworth uh, in Kansas. Our allies are involved there as well. Uh, You look at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. I'm trying to, and the Coast Guard Pay Center is in Topeka, Kansas. It's amazing. It's so cool. And we're not leaving the Navy out here either. We got Navy Reserve around here. Uh, We just don't have an ocean or, you know, we don't have (laughs) aircraft carriers or or destroyers. Uh, But uh, all of the branches represented uh, in the Chiefs' Kingdom in some in a big way. Now, the other big initiative is going to be an international initiative. I'm telling you, details are coming on this, but we read names every week. We've been on every continent, right, except Antarctica. we haven't still waiting on that one. Still waiting on Antarctica. If you know somebody that watches or listens to Defending the Kingdom in Antarctica, let's go. We want to hear from it. We joke about it. We kind of chuckle, but we're serious about this. The Kansas City Chiefs, their brand has grown grown exponentially on a worldwide basis. You think about the English Premier League. You know, I'm a fan of Arsenal. Uh, is it the color scheme, red and gold? Probably. Uh, but the point is, there is a worldwide appeal to the National Football League that is growing, really growing. And that appeal with the Kansas City Chiefs is growing even at a faster pace. We'll just leave it at this. Some great things are in the works, potentially, for the international uh, Chiefs' kingdom.
1: And it's very, very exciting stuff. That's so and, good. And I mean it when we read off all the different names all over the world and the country uh, where you guys are listening to us. I mean, it's it's truly one of the favorite parts of my week. It's just cool. And it's it's cool that you guys are listening, but it's also cool that you're just Chiefs fans and that you exist all over the world. And we grew up as Chiefs fans, right? And whenever I would travel abroad, if I saw a Chiefs hat or a Chiefs jersey in Europe or wherever, South America, Africa – It's the coolest thing. It's like, hey, that's a connection to home right there. And to see this growing all over the world and when you have a tremendous Super Bowl caliber team each and every year and you have an icon in Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, uh, certainly that makes you more enticing uh, to fans all over the world. Uh, And it's just a very exciting thing because if you're listening in the Philippines or Malaysia or in Guam or China or wherever you are, you're going to raise your kids as Chiefs fans, and they'll raise their kids as Chiefs fans, and their friends will become Chiefs fans because uh, the Chiefs are really good. And all of a sudden, the Chiefs are all over the world, and it's just a very, very cool, exciting
0: time to be a member of the Chiefs kingdom. We've also discovered through this podcast that Eastern Europe is a big Chiefs kingdom country. It's the Mecca. Uh, country. Yeah, but let's just give a big props here. I'm going to do this with Rob Alberino, our vice president uh, for content. Uh, and creativity, basically, but he has expertise in both of these areas. Getting him right back in the middle of the Chiefs' kingdom um, is huge in these two endeavors, and he is – there's none better in the world, really, to do it, but it's going to be so exciting to see what happens. Uh, and, again, with, with Rob being the vice president for content and production, I want to get this title right. Still, this is going to be fun, and it's going to be exciting the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years for the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs' kingdom, worldwide, and also with military initiatives.
1: Absolutely. And the next six games, because this team is
0: going to win the Super Bowl
1: this year. You heard it here (laughs) first. And we're going to look back at when this team started 3-4, and and it was difficult. But Chiefs' kingdom, just like this team, stayed together, and they believed in this team. And uh, it's so exciting to see how they've found a way here, Uh, to get back to atop the division um, to be seven and four feeling really good going into the bye week and we think about all these global uh, endeavors that we're going after and um, how we're trying to honor our nation's heroes in so many different ways that's a global thing and what ties it all together is that everyone believes in this team and it's one thing to go 14 and two and just to be awesome all year long and that was a lot of fun but for me i really had a chance to think about this year's team and to think what we can accomplish this year. If we can go on and accomplish what we know that we can achieve, we're going to look back at this season and go, wow, that was really special.
0: You mean like we did in 2019? Uh Because, first of all, thanks to the folks at 360 Vodka, the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs' kingdom, and the hometown Kansas City Vodka. Enjoy it during the holidays. Drink responsibly, though. Um, Let's see. In 2019, we celebrated a Super Bowl championship. At the bye week, the record was –
1: I believe seven and four.
0: Yes, we were. Okay, here we go, folks. It's belief. It's resolve. It's being thankful. But it's also the Chiefs kingdom worldwide. touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.